Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather, episode 16. Political discussion, that to the uninitiated may just sound like screaming and crying. I'm Adam, and I'm here with you. Hello. <laughs> and we're here to talk about the week's news. We are. Um, I so, need to stop teasing me about my nails now. <laughs> I was going to say, you got your nails done. I did. Cry for help? <laughs> Midlife crisis? 16-year-old child. Stop <laughs> me from chewing my nails. So I've gone for a festive black and red. A, f- a festive black and red to warn your enemies, like a wasp. Yeah. Although I do think maybe I am having a bit of a midlife crisis. I did. Ha- I do have a pair of comfortable grown-up shoes, and I think I've <laughs> taken that very badly. Just sitting in front of them, stroking your old like uh, Vans, <laughs> singing "Cats in the Cradle." My old, oh, my old grinder shoes. Yeah, those ones who would play havoc on the cobbled streets of Rochester. <laughs> Look, we've all got to get there at some point, you know. No. I've managed to like. Hawkwind didn't. I've managed. To, <laughs> we're living in a different time, mm. and if anything, that's what this <laughs> this month's election has been all about. I could be young forever. <laughs> it's fine. Are you going to be like carrying on that retro boomer shtick long after the boomers have kind of faded into irrelevance? So like that whole I'm gonna I'll go the sixties will never die the seventies yeah we're gonna be young forever. Crestbugs are still allowed to dress like that when they're when they're older. They Same just look they just look better. Yeah, but they pay a price. They pay quite a hefty price. Yeah, they do. Social price. <laughs> I don't know. Of never having jobs. <laughs> Other than skate shop or pub character. Um, doing up old bikes. That's really good. I had a relative who wanted to go into bikes. Do you know there's no money in repairing bikes? No shit. <laughs> I imagine there's some money in repairing very expensive bikes, but I imagine you probably have to have they've an not engineering f- degree. Just like they've done a lot of stuff about getting people to cycle, but it's still fairly, not niche, but it's not enough to it's sustain. Bigger, but it's still, I, I wouldn't want to cycle in London. It's not the auto industry. No. So this week. Anyway, this week, we saw the the building, the the planning of the newest series of The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> um, you laugh but the DP yeah. are pretty much the same they're economically on the left socially they have they're anti-austerity now to be fair you can't be. survive in Northern Ireland if yeah. you're like pro-austerity it's like hey this shithole's shit let's make it shitter <laughs> that yeah. isn't being mean about Northern Ireland I know why it's shit <laughs> it's not their fault <laughs> Well, yeah, the, um, the thing with the DUP is this is the first time in my life. Like, I've always known about the DUP and known that they were really shitty, mm. but taking a good, hard look at them, this is the first time in my life where I genuinely don't want Irish reunification <laughs> because I think it would be a cruel thing to do to the Irish. I think, unless <laughs> like, we have no, some we don't kind want of. Them. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants them. Yeah. Well, the Falklands. They love being yeah. settlers. <laughs> They've just been really enjoying being settlers for a long time. They managed to blend that kind of insane uh, social conservatism with a genuinely unashamed corruption. Yeah, like half the the reason why Northern Ireland, the Northern Ireland Assembly, is non-functioning at the moment is because everybody resigned because of them. But there was a big renewable energy scheme mm. in Northern Ireland, and they were creaming off the top. Um, and yeah, they managed to combine all of the worst traits that. People hate about local council, local councils into one. Yeah, the thing is, they're not even. I wouldn't even say they're socially conservative, mm. because they're socially barbaric. Yeah, they're socially fascist. Yeah, there's um, you know, there's like it's one of those things that always weirds me out. Like why, why if like the unionists, if they love Britain so much, why are they opposed to so many of our laws? Ah, you see, they love Britain, but what they what they seek to defend is the unique Ulster, the Ulster Protestant character, as I think their charter says. It's um, Ulster and British culture in Ireland. But you see, it's 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 portrayed like that. It's not that we're Irish. It's not that we're there. It's we are colonists in this particular part of the world. What is their fucking culture apart from downing orange squash and beating up Catholics? That's about it. Okay, yeah. I thought so. Um, I don't want to unfairly besmirch the good name of an Ulsterman. But, you know, you read stories about girls looking for abortions and being sectioned, and, you know, you jump to conclusions. It's uh, Union Jacks and uh, tattoos uh, saying King Billy. 
Yeah, they've got a weird thing for yeah. William Vorange, which is Well, weird. it's... it's um, William Vorange was the Protestant king who came over and beat James yeah. II, who was a pseudo and then out Catholic. Hmm. Um, beat William of Orange, the then sh- not quite king, I think Stadtholder was his actual title, of the Netherlands, came over... Oh, that would be outsourced by royal family. Yeah, was married to Queen Mary, hmm. who was Charles I's daughter, last daughter... And uh, came over, beat James II at the Battle of the Boyne in Ireland and set the course for all the rest of it that came after a Protestant England, uh, a Protestant ascendancy in Ireland. And they celebrate this as this is their, like, this is their main moment. You know? Their last moment. Yeah. <laughs> until, until now. Well, to be fair, <laughs> they had their own way up until probably the 60s. Yeah. Um, they had what was called the Ulster Ascendancy. It was Protestant, it was Protestant supremacy. In Northern Ireland, they had um, access to the kind of jobs, the kind of political power, housing, and Catholics were um, not did not have access to that mm. um, until they started holding, inspired by Martin Luther King, uh, <laughs> started holding civil rights marches like the one on Bloody Sunday. <laughs> yeah, well, that, um, it's that weird thing when you like, um, like I think they talk, they were talking about it on Chapo actually. The difference in the murals. Yeah, yeah. With like. Um, the Republican ones will have like by Luther King, yeah, and I think Gandhi, yeah, and then <laughs> the Protestants will have that cover of um, the Iron Maiden album. Well, I mean, you can tell their politics by the fact that the Ulster Unionists are more allied to the far far right mm. um, in Britain, and Sinn Fein have always kind of not seen the say not seen eye to eye, but have always been more sympathetic to the socialist left mm. in mm. Britain. If it, it doesn't quite map like that, but certainly I don't have the same compunction about uh, you, like the, it's the kind of uh, takeover the weekend has been. Um, oh well, you know uh, Theresa May talked about uh, Jeremy Corbyn allying with terrorists and uh, then did exactly the same thing, and it's like it's almost doing a disservice to actually compare the two. Yeah, they both did terrible things. Was it about three weeks ago that uh, but, UDA or UVA? Yeah, um, soldier dragged a guy out and shot him in front of his kid in front and um, in a Sainsbury's car park. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was what's it? Oh, that's, I've got it up here. DUP council candidate sentenced to eight years for pipe bomb attack on Polish neighbours. Yeah, he has a number of chins, <laughs> all hearty Protestant chins, brought there by. <laughs> they've got Rock. the same. They've got the same kind of insecurity. They've got. You'll find the same kind of pattern. Not to. Not to kind of compare and contrast because they are mm. different situations, but they've got the same kind of attitude as really hardcore settler Australians. Yeah. Really hardcore American right wingers. Mm. Uh, Israelis. Africanas. As well. Africanas. Boers. Mm. It is, like I say, they're not all exactly the same, but they do have a common kind of consciousness based around the fact that they're settlers and they've, mm. they feel like they're, they have to fight, otherwise, they don't have a claim to the land. Do you know what I mean? They're these they're people who who are essentialists who believe mm. that there's an essence to them. There's one unch- an unchangeable thing, and they don't have that tie to the land. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Well, the main thing that I've taken from the last couple of days is which just shows how many journalists and um, opinion writers are obviously on the side of unionists. Yeah. Just for the just yeah. for the different way they talk. Um, John Rental that bloke who does literally look like a vampire. Oh, the Transylvanian Count Rental. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was trying to read an article of his where he was saying about how that actually they're nice. <laughs> um, and I couldn't... There wasn't any really explanation of why they were nice in this article. It was just, he had a nice dinner with them. Yeah. One of them is a gospel singer. They eat food and they go to church. Yeah. So, you know, they can't be all that bad because they're humans. And it's like, yeah, they are. They're I'm just, sure you had a good time. They just happen to be particularly despicable political human yeah. beings. I'm sure you wouldn't have had a good time if you were an Irish Catholic all of a unification. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a, a, one of the MPs um, was commenting on, there was this plan from, I can't remember whether it was the UDA or the UDF or, or UVF or what, um, but there was a plan that if Ireland ever tried to reunify, that they would start ethnically cleansing um, Belfast and the south of Ulster. Well, Gregory... And pushing Catholics into Ireland mm. to maintain a... Like, it's an eth- ethnically homogenous state. That's yeah. their thing. Well, um, well, they're such massive fans of Israel. Yeah. yeah. Even though I'm pretty certain they must be pretty anti-Semitic. 
I bet you on. No, a, I bet you on I, a personal level. They've no, got no, I, no. I reckon they've. They're probably that kind of Protestant where it's like, well, Jews were the original Protestants because they're against the mm. Catholic Church. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Oliver Cromwell, kind of had that attitude of, he was the one who let uh, Jewish people back into England after they'd been barred for four hundred years, mm. and he let them in because it's like, ah, well, they they know the original text that's been hidden from us by the Catholic Church, so they have like they've got a main line, they've got it straight in there, that's straight Old Testament shit, and they're all they're always more like bigger fans of the harsher bits of the Old yeah. Testament because of that. With um, yeah, the one that you talk about the with the ethnic cleansing mm. is um, I think it's Gregory Campbell, who was it may have been like yeah. recorded on the BBC loading a loading a pistol years ago, talking about if um. Ireland was unified that he'd take to the streets with guns. <laughs> they are pretty horrible. They've got some really fucked up views. And it's um I'm sure that on a personal level they're probably quite friendly. Mm. But it doesn't change the fact that they vote well, constantly they, to be barbaric. To be honest, over the last kind of uh well, since the Good Friday Agreement, twenty mm. years odd. They've so had they to embrace, to sign. which they originally refused to sign. They did eventually come and sign it um, a couple of years afterwards, I think. Um, mainly because the Ulster Unionists, who were the so- who had a softer line on um, power sharing, uh, just fell by the wayside in elections. Mm. They all defected to the DUP. Uh, for, I, I don't know enough. I'm willing to admit, I don't know enough about Northern Irish, mm. Irish politics to explain the demise of the uh, Ulster Unionists. I only Unionist. know funny stories like Ian Paisley's starting yeah. to fight with the Pope. Oh. Um, him trying to, um, his like, it was like a pro, like the campaign to like save Ireland from sodomy. Mm-hmm. Um, views on yep. line dancing. Yep. Does invoke lust in the hearts of men. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they've they've had to embrace electoral politics, and they have done more or less successfully up until now, when they actually get looked at, <laughs> looked at, and observed, and actually treated for. As power brokers, yeah. which is just the fu- like the fucking ultimate irony. Well, the thing is, I didn't see exactly who's in the cabinet now. Mm. I saw some of them, but there's like quite a few Tories that could have real problems with them. Yeah. Um, well, there's like there was people were make were talking about like Ruth Davidson mm-hmm. because she's a lesbian, yeah, yeah. but she's been stoking up that kind of bullshit for a fucking long time. Oh yeah, I yeah, think. she's willing to do that in Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like Jacob Rees-Mogg. Mm. who's a Catholic and a very... He's an austere, old Roman Catholic, isn't he? Yeah. Whereas, like, oh, you saw on Sunday um, Theresa May going into church. Mm. You can guarantee that she's like, oh, I've got to show that I'm religious for these country bumpkins. <laughs> for the rooms. <laughs> well, she's now got the balancing act, hasn't she? Because mm. she's she's always had to, in her short tenure, and hope to hopefully much shorter, she's always had to balance between appearing kind of I don't know another word of way of putting it, but cuddly. Mm. Making those right signs to Middle England, but maybe a slightly older version of those signs. You know how David Cameron used to go to like, I don't know, farm festivals yeah. and things like that, and music music festivals, like the really middle class ones, to just prove that he was the same like as like the softer kind of London middle classes or mm. whatever. Yeah, to trick people into to, to, to trick people. When you know what? I don't know if it was a trick. He probably if he was in business or something, maybe he would be going to that kind of thing. I doubt he'd yeah. be going to church or doing, you know, like what any of any of those other things. But Theresa May has always had to have that balancing act between mm. being um, a kind of uh, gin and tonic, organic farmer, kind of mm. soft middle class, and being the tough talking like Thatcherite. She's so and she's... part of the church is part of that. I'm not saying she doesn't believe, but the church, the churchiness. Good old Church of England, you know, the soft, comfortable Church of England, those signifiers yeah. that she puts out there. I don't know. She's lost that Thatcher oh, sheet now, as a Massively. Do you see yeah. um, Jeremy Corbyn today? He was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Giant Rose in his lapel came into a massive applause from the PRP. Oh, nice. But, you know, they're still scumbags. I still don't trust <laughs> any of them. Uh, that's the debate that has to be had now. Yeah. Like, where do we go from here? I mean, um, I think the one like send a couple of them to Siberia. <laughs> just <laughs> not a British version of Siberia. No, just Siberia. Siberia. Yeah. Well, they keep on talking about ties that um, Jeremy Corbyn has to boot in. Well, no, fuck it. It, it, it. The richer ones, if you're getting rid of the richer ones, they're on their way to Kazakhstan anyway to fucking take up, you know, PR for we'll just Ra- cancel their passports <laughs> as soon as they leave. <laughs> Ramzan Kadyrov and run oh. PR for him or something. You know, oh, that's. God. 
that's their that's their trajectory anyway. They're fucking vampires who go where the money is anyway. So sending them to Siberia, where there's a lot of natural wealth and a lot of human rights abuses, it's not. <laughs> it seems like the, it seems like the kind of thing they'd be doing anyway. Yeah. It? But yeah, I think there's a definite like. I think the thing on Labour's part that you can like drag out of this is Blairism's dead. It's, it's definitely been dealt quite a blow. Like it was. I mean, it was hollow. Mm. It had been hollowed, like Dark Souls. Mm. It was hollowed <laughs> when, like, before Blair had even resolved. Oh, yeah. But it's definitely as a as an exercise, not even in politics, in marketing, mm. because they had abandoned the politics a long time ago, whatever yeah. politics they had. But as a marketing exercise to win elections, mm. it does not work. No, no. Miliband proved it. Yeah. it. It just it doesn't do it. If you don't have some kind of solid positive program for how to make people's lives better, mm. you are not you're not even gonna get a sneaky win. You're just not gonna win. Well the thing is with the election results, I'm pretty certain that the one of the only reasons the Tories survived is because of the last Blairites. Mm. I think there's a few different edge factors. I don't think you could ever point to one like no, we no, were talking lots, about there's lots of things, but there's like we, a we lot, were talking... lot of people that I know that um, that were flat that had voted Labour most of their lives, but mm. still flat out refused to vote Labour. In this yeah, I think. That, I think. Yeah, I think. Like one of the, there were there were two big ones. One was the Scottish stuff, which I still don't claim to understand why Scotland I went think, so Tory. I, I think. Um, well, the the Scottish Labour Party were telling people to vote for the Tories yeah, to keep yeah. the SNP out, mm. and they did. Mm. Well done, Scottish Labour. What yeah. a victory for you. Yeah. Yeah. They can. All, they could all f- um, off to Rockall. <laughs> that's that's my place, not Siberia. Rockall. Rockall, okay, so yeah, British Siberia is Rockall. Yeah, that one little shack. <laughs> All of them crammed in there. Yeah, well, I'll just, uh, you know, just put them on there. They'll, occasionally they'll slip off. But I, don't know. <laughs> um, I think the other thing is the flat-out refusal this time of Liberals to even cooperate. People who are Liberal and not Labour... Re- yeah. Like thinking that the Lib Dems are the Liberal Party of Britain, <laughs> when actually Labour is the li- like Labour is and for the last ninety years has been the Liberal option. Yeah, like for all the things that they say they want, whether they're they're kidding themselves or being hypocrites or whatever, if they if you want a Liberal Britain, that Liberal Britain that you got in your head, you vote Labour. You don't vote Lib Dems because they're not give- not only are they not going to win, but even if they do win, they're not. Well, Jeremy Corbyn supports the wrong terrorist. <laughs> it doesn't support uh, yeah. the one with the Union Jack tattoo on its forehead. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's still a bit weird. Like watching a lot of the people on Twitter still fighting. Watching all the people who've been happily gaslighting me and everyone else <laughs> for the last two years say, "Can you stop calling us names now?" Yeah, is pretty funny. Yeah, is it Mary Leconte buying a fucking Jeremy Corbyn shirt? That's made me very angry. It's made it's, a lot of people very angry. It's fucking perfect. It's the only thing that people like that understand is fucking buying the t-shirt. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, oh, oh, scumbags. A lot of them. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's it's good. Um, what's it? The Labour membership now is over eight hundred thousand. That's insane. Momentum seeing so a surge in members as well. That's um. There's something, there's something here. That yeah, you can build on. Yeah, um, well, there's a couple of pieces out now saying that um, the goal is 650 seats. <sighs> that no seat is um, is unwinnable now because of the sheer amount of people they've got to knock on doors. Yeah, and for yeah. a fraction of the money that the the, um, the conservatives spend. Yeah, it was like the amount of money the conservatives spent on online stuff. It was like ludicrous. It was like millions. Yeah, and I didn't see any of it. And I'm online on a lot. I, I, um, <laughs> I did, but I looked for them. Um, there were some really great Corbyn attack ads. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Jeremy Corbyn wants your child to not have debt after university. <laughs> but, you know, last year. Intentionally like, misspelling his name. Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn's going to melt down your silverware <laughs> to make medals for the IRA and Hamas. <laughs> He he supported the Mau Mau. <laughs> and then a picture of like a sad colonial family have to move. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn has proposed school lunches to fatten up your children to send over to Gaza to use as human shields for Hamas. <laughs> yeah, there was those kind of things, and he's yeah. like, well, "That's not going to work, <laughs> fucking idiots." <laughs> but yeah, the the thing is, it, I'm really worried about. The DUP stuff. Mainly, I don't think they're going. 
Like, they're not going to be able to do things like... Well, there's a lot of Tories that want to change abortion law, but they're not. They're not going to be. They're not going to be able to get through that many horrific things into like British law, yeah. like mainland British law. But I could see Theresa May being a fucking idiot and saying, "Yeah, you could have your marches back." Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be on the agenda. They can yeah. have marches. Well, you saw the, um, back, the yeah. thing with the with what's her name saying the future's bright, and then the mm. deputy leader saying the future's orange. Mm. And it's at that point he's just like, "So, Jesus." Drop that. I, I think I think the DUP, if they think that, they're in for a massive fucking shock. Mm. Not from the Tories themselves, but from what was properly revealed in this election, which is not the spin, but the actual material reality, the base materialism of their position right now. Mm. They're negotiating to exit the EU. Mm. They've got regions that are incredibly worried about not being able to secure the funding that they previously got from the EU. If the DUP are in government with them, and they ask for, well, you've got to match the EU funding like for like, which for Northern Ireland is a shit ton because it's yeah. a depressed former industrial area. Yeah. Um, they are not going to... They Not only is it narratively not sustainable in that, oh, we want to bring the country together, we want everybody mm. to win out of this, but it's also just in naked politics and, and kind of uh, like... Giving and take, like giving and take, give and take, they're not going to be able to give them what they want. Well, the thing is, if without pissing off Wales, Scotland, well, yeah, Newcastle, so say, like, Manchester, well, you're going to see like every without thinking of like area um, that place like places in England, those seats that went Tory in Scotland, yeah, watch them go back to the SNP mm-hmm. or maybe hopefully Labour. Um, Wales, watch what last remnants of conservatism yeah. that's there disappear hmm. because well, there is radically unfair well they were they were well i mean the tories just because the welsh terrorists are shit terrorists the element the elements of the tory loss this time were that they couldn't they felt constrained by ideology or by arrogance whatever you want to call it they were unable to offer the electorate anything positive well it's because they were still they were working on a wrong game yeah but they were working on that old neoliberal game of well we'll take this thing away from you but we'll offer a loan so that it heads yeah. off like the the very poorest there won't be like it won't horror hurt stories today. It'll except hurt in a month yeah except there were there were and have been horror stories this entire time yeah. you know take you know like means testing disability benefit yeah. and the horror stories that come What's out of that the constant the social care stuff the constant like radical centrist neoliberal bullshit is essentially bright housing you yeah it's like yeah. yeah, it's like okay, here you go, have your telly. Well, except instead of having a telly, well, it's... we'll take away your grant and we'll rent it back to you. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's... which enriches a particular strand of financial capitalism at the expense of being way more expensive for the government and not providing the service that it was intended to provide, which people need to live. It'll be interesting whatever, in whatever field it is. It'll healthcare, be to see what education. Because they've said austerity's over, but that's a fucking lie. Mm-mm. They're not going to do that. That's utter bullshit, and I could see people aren't going to believe it. Hopefully, because I reckon we're, we're going to have another election this year. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I reckon she could last maybe two years, and I think if only fifteen percent of Conservative MPs need to vote, yeah, to do yeah. it, and there, there's there's there, enough there. There's enough, definitely. If there's not, definitely if not enough. now, then six months down the line, when people start hearing how Brexit's going, or what in a month and a half when the, when the March season starts. Yeah, is it a month and a half? It's like when it gets hot. But I mean, they've they've hamstrung themselves because had they had the majority, they had every opportunity to offer the electorate something positive. Yeah, and they haven't, and mm. now they can't. Yeah, because if they give it to if they if they try and reapportion the surplus in any in any way, mm. people are going to come after them, and it's yeah. But you know, Theresa May's promised to bring in voices from across the Conservative Party. Um, all their different wings, the bloodless psychopaths, um, the sentient piles of porridge, the dolphin room nonces, very, very keen on the axing of free school lunches um, for some reason, uh, the Habsburgs, uh, the reverse vampires, um, the, the weaponized norovirus, all the, you know, the dream team, basically. She's really unifying the party. That weaponized norovirus that's um, the MP for Woking, I think. Yeah. He's pretty good with his harsh stance on all life. <laughs> he doesn't change his mind. He just yeah. he wants to ruin everyone's time. I may not agree with what the weaponized norovirus says, but I will die if <laughs> it's it right to speaks, do it. If it speaks, because it will become sentient. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, it's just this, it's this weird synchronicity that um, May thought, Theresa May had to be in the back of her mind that this, would, this election would like crush Labour mm. for good. That was part of it. That was the whole reason um, she did it. It was like she so they finally had their yeah. chance to kill them. Yeah, you could finally see them off for good, mm. and you'd just be left with a crippled kind of pale neoliberal opposition. It wouldn't. Yeah, it, it might not be, have even been Labour. It would Labour Liberals it would or have been whatever. Chuck Ramuna and seventy MPs. Yeah, um, it's kind of like in the same way that Cameron thought he could, you know, banish the hard right of his party by calling the EU referendum. Yeah, and finally shut them up. Finally shut them up. You know, like they've had. This the Tories have had this like hard right hard right rump mm. in their party for years and years and years. We ruined them the entire time Blair was in charge. Uh, yeah, because they tried to go harder and harder in that direction, and mm. it just they just it just wasn't the uh, the way that the country was going. No, um, and they managed to kind of either push them into silence or push them off into UKIP. Yeah, UKIP starts kind of getting a bit more kind of prominent, so. Cameron thinks he can call the election, the, ref, the EU referendum in order to silence them, either beat them or silence them. Yeah. He lost the gamble. It was a dumb idea anyway, because even, if, um, even, but it if, might, the, the, even if we'd voted to remain... But at the time... They would have... Yeah. yeah but they, would have, they, would have, they would have kept going on about it, but you would have had the ultimate weapon, which is you lost an election, shut the fuck yeah. up. They didn't lose. They won. But actually, I remember at the time thinking, like, this is... This is if I didn't know any better, I would think this is almost genius. Because he's managed to... Destroy the reason for UKIP existing. Mm. Bring the that hard right Eurosceptic rump back into the party, mm. and integrate them back in. And that's what Theresa May had um, when she was winning all those by elections, yeah. and everyone seemed to be on their side because the the media had already gone over to the UKIP yeah. to the UKIP side largely. There were so mm, what there do we we want concerns a lot of legitimate concerns and wow well, we we need to hear from more plain speaking normal people, uh, not you the racist guy. Yeah. Um, and she thought she had it all up until that election when she called it and ends up having to go into coalition with literally the ghosts of hard Toryism. Mm. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It is. It would be nice if, because, cause like I said, I genuinely don't think she's going to last. Yeah, I, I don't. It's going to fall apart. Yeah. It would be nice if a proper look is given at Northern Ireland and Northern yeah. Irish politics. Because I know that we're supposed to stay neutral in it, it. Well, the state is supposed to stay neutral. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's certain things that it's really fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like all women and gay rights. Yeah. Ha- ha- having <clears throat> a separate system in that way. Mm. It's, it's real fucked up. I mean, it's a historical quirk that it ended up that the British state has always been was probably the first modern state to kind of consolidate its territory under such a like uh, under such a direct rule. Mm. The weird thing is that, that a lot of monarchies in the 17th and 18th century tried to do it like in France and Spain and things like that. The British were the ones who were the most successful at it. There's no part of the country of Britain for 200 years mm. that hasn't been in within the reach of the state. Probably easier because yeah. it's an island, reasonably small and that. Yeah. But Northern Ireland then kind of existed as this outlier. It was the exception that proved the rule that you could have a local polity that basically made its made its own rules and had gotten there by defiance to defiance and cooperation with the state. Mm. Um, it's just so weird. Though. Yeah, it's so weird because it is like a weird quirk of history. Mm. In the same way, like the why we had Hong Kong, but whereas yeah. Hong Kong was just like a capitalist. Um, Blade Runner-esque nightmare. Northern Ireland just became the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> well, Belfast Belfast would have been the Victorian equivalent of that with the shipyards and things mm. like that. It was a, a ma- it's why one of the reasons why that it wasn't easily given up. It's one of the yeah. reasons why it was settled so heavily is that it had that port and it had that business. Mm. You know, um, I just think it's. I was trying to work this out today. It's like trying to make sense of the death of, like I say, Blairism, but in a larger sense, that kind of like cent- centrism, that mm. like, where ele- where politics is just a marketing, a PR exercise yeah. and things like that. where it's the shirt you buy. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the, like, it's the, it's the shirt you buy, it's the, the badge you wear and whatever, and mm. nothing else actually matters because ultimately it's the same underneath. Mm. And 
there's a lot of it, I think it kind of unifies the criticism of May of the media class in general that for so long they've had this like post ideological idea that any social problem any extreme social problem can just be kind of uh, abolished mm. and it will not exist anymore yeah. whereas actually like the DUP they exist because there is a political conflict in Northern Ireland a base level material conflict over resources or, 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 or influence and whatever that they just kind of again shoved they shoved to the side they had a power sharing agreement and it's like well we'll get we'll get away with that and you can you can shove Northern Ireland off the side they'll have their own social rules and they'll continue to exist in opposition but we'll just not pay attention to it as yeah. long as they're not bombing us yeah like we'll, we'll not pay attention to it and that definitely like makes a point about the rest of like of why Corbyn was so refreshing because he proposed those direct material solutions to a problem that you might have. Yeah. Whereas the Tories in the last election were still running that same old game of, well, as long as we can make him look like a terrorist sympathiser. Nobody yeah. thought that he was buying guns for the IRA. Well, no, no one, one thought, fight it. <laughs> no one, yeah, no one thought that he was bombing it because, quite reasonably, you would assume if he had been, he would be in prison. Yeah, he wouldn't have dead. been an MP. <laughs> he wouldn't have been an MP for 40 years. Yeah. And... But they, they thought that the image, the, the spectacle could just like, that's what that's how you win elections. You create images, yeah. you create stories. And it's just, this has dispelled it entirely. And coming back to the DU, the DUP coming back into kind of mainstream, like British consciousness again. It's just like, no, these are real things that actually exist. They're yeah. not just fucking posters. They're not images. No. They're not blog posts. No. And yeah, it was just trying to, yeah. We're, it's quite, I actually thought it was quite like, um, it's quite inspiring because we get to talk about real stuff again. Mm. We might do. If yeah. this if this if this sea well, change is, is full, we get to believe in things again. You get to fight about things again, which is what everything is all about. Well the um <clears throat> one of the reasons that I think that every that the election turned out the way it did is because mm. so few all the common the, all the commentators, all like the, the political gurus and all those mm. kind of people all work writing in their papers and yeah. appearing on Newsnight and Question Time. Mm. People don't read those papers anymore. Yeah. People don't read papers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the reason why all their bullshit also didn't really land. Yeah. Like, there are some people that definitely did land, like the ones who watch the news and all the time and they parrot back the same opinions. Yeah. But it's quite refreshing. It's the thing that with all the opinion writers now mm. having their mea culpa moments, except yeah. for Nick Cohen. Oh yeah. Um, well, no, he had it. Hodges. He had it, and then immediately withdrew it within the title of his article. Yes. Um, and Dan Hodges. Classic Cohen. Uh, what's Dan Hodges say? I haven't actually he said it's still right. I haven't he's, he's still right. right. <laughs> he said like he did. He predict he, his prediction was wrong, which means that he's been wrong about um, Brexit. Yep. About Trump. Yep. About Corbyn becoming leader. Mm-hmm. About Corbyn staying leader. <laughs> and this last election. At some point, it's like, why? Why are they paying you? I could do that. I could get things wrong <laughs> I all the time. It's really easy. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, but there's um, Jamie Kerchick, American guy. Oh, I saw that today. Calling yeah. for a, like a never Corbyn kind of party movement with Dan Hodges at the lead. <laughs> <laughs> like that's well funny, but like he's American, isn't he? Is he yeah. Jamie Kerchick? What for? I know. There's, like, there's why? A, there's a, what well, do there's you been possibly a couple, there's have? Been quite a few American opinion pieces on Corbyn about how they're, they're terrified of him and things like that. Um, a great one saying that um, Theresa May is the Hillary Clinton, Jeremy Corbyn is the Donald Trump. And maybe that's true if you ignore everything they've ever said. <laughs> again, again, because it's all about um, how they hold themselves and what you think their image is. It's not, yeah. even, it's not even what their image actually is among most people. It's what no. they think... Their images, they're, they're so used to reading like media signs because it's it's mm. literally a bubble. It's all yeah. they're it's all they're looking at, and they're so used to like divining the signs and reading the entrails and whatever With- that they can't look beyond that and see actually there are material. I've used that word so many times today. <laughs> there are material differences in what they want. Yeah. It's it's like horseshoe theory being prized apart. It's like saying that there's no difference between communist and fascist ignores the fact that literally everything is different about the world that they um, imagine. The yeah. world that they want is different. And you can't like just fucking ignore that and pretend it doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, um, I think I was saying to you earlier, was, it feels kind of like they're all in the... Like we all live in the city in the city. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the way we've all been... Like, it's been quite good, this election, to make me feel like I'm not an idiot. Yeah. And that I'm yeah. not mad. Yeah. Because, like, me and you have been, like, pinkos for a while now. Yeah. and We're doing the reverse boomer. We were liberals at, like, 20. Well, I don't know if I was a liberal no, at 20. No, I wasn't a liberal at 20. A liberal, liberal at 16. I think I was a, a liberal when I was, like, Liberal stroke teens. libertarian at yeah. 16. And then by the time I was 21 and, you know, actually had to work for a living. Um... <laughs> um but yeah, so we've been like gaslit and ignored for a long time. But with this election, they just noticed us for the first time. Like, yeah. if you haven't read City in the City, it's a very good book. It's about these two cities that exist in the exact same space mm. and they never acknowledge each other. They never look at each other. Yeah. They never talk to each other. They've got different languages, different clothing patterns. Yeah, different economies. Um, that you're trained from birth to. Um, like uh, disregard. Yeah. So if you 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 almost don't see a building that's done in a certain architectural style. It's a really yeah. awesome book, China Mayville. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Um, but it does feel like they've just noticed us for the first time. Yeah. And what's interesting now is they're they all had their freak out and they're trying to explain it because now it's been because in the city in the city there's these two different um these two different populations and then there's this third population called breach. And their whole job is to make sure people maintain this hmm. this force experiment. This separation between yeah. the two, yeah. And it's, it'll be interesting to see if breach happens and um, everything gets straight. <laughs> well, Nick Cohen's doing it. Yeah. It's like, and and um, there's already, there's, um, there was a, I think it was like tel- Telegraph of the Times, there was someone writing, like, the young have spoken, but should we listen? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, ignore them. Let's see how that gets you. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely true. Like, their, their world... Yeah. Their whole world that they've built up for themselves mm. like got dealt a pretty hefty blow. I wouldn't say it's crumbling because they still have money and they still have power yeah. and they still have columns. Yeah, yeah. But their, their world, columns are being read. Their, yeah, their worldview got dealt a they're massive in, Their columns massive are mainly being read by us, sniggering. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's the Times paywall which has the best feature where the, the text... I think it's the Times one, yeah. But it's um, where the text starts to fade out as it goes oh, down. Oh yeah, so, so it gives you the impression subscribe. of someone talking to you at a party and walking away, and then they're getting quieter and quieter. <laughs> I think I read someone on Twitter said that, but it's pretty good. It's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, there's so many of them as well. Yeah, there's you think too of, many. You think of like uh, papers when they were just like physical media when they were papers before they had websites. And you think of how many opinion writers yeah. they had. They'll have one for every day of the week. Yeah. Like the tabloids always had that double page spread with one pundit talking about whatever reckon. they wanted in different stories in different little patches yeah. and a photo of a naked celebrity in the middle or some, some yeah. shit like that, a nip slip, something like that. Um, but like the broadsheets had like one or two opinion writers a yeah. week. And like there are like 17 on the front page of The Guardian every single day. Sharing that space. Yeah. But it's um, and it's interesting to see like the Guardian. I think like something like seventy eight or seventy nine percent of Guardian readers voted Labour. Yeah, and it's nice to see that the Guardian are now going to become a tabloid. They said <laughs> that's that was in the Financial Times. <laughs> Fucking idiots! But yeah, we don't need papers. It's like um, there's so many of these people that are utterly irrelevant now. Yeah. Um, it was great seeing like the day after the election. Um, there's a lovely clip of Matt Zarb. Hmm. Um. Looking quite coked up, or just <laughs> excited, but it was great. And we need people like him, <laughs> rather than people who are just like drowning in claret. I've heard, I've seen some of the pictures of that Novara media party. Oof, fucking hell! Yeah, look, go hard or go home. You know what I mean? Yeah, <clears throat> but we're too old. Mm. I don't know. They're only like they're five years. Well, really, I didn't drink that much during, during the election night <laughs> no. because I'd already. <laughs> Take away too many drugs in the lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. Pre-electoring. Yeah, I was pre-electing. <laughs> I was I was exit polling. <laughs> We've got five. Yeah, those bright young things. We've probably got like five more years of wear and tear on us. <laughs> can't yeah. go. Can't go like we used to. <laughs> yeah, we have got to save them for the. Important it's their things. time. It's okay. Yeah. It's their time. Yeah, it, we've got more important <laughs> things to like save our last bits of vital essences for. Don't know what for really. <laughs> Maybe a new Japan tour. Revolution! <laughs> yeah, there is that. Well, that's the thing, yeah. I mean, there's... Revolution Pro. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, um, they are all very confused, these journalists. And it's quite funny. Yeah. Um, Polly Toynbee said that, um, it's like after the election, Jeremy Corbyn shook her hand 
and said thank and said thank you for all the things she wrote. But I don't think she did realise that he was probably really taking the piss. Fucking Savage Corbin is the best Corbin. Yeah, he's pretty great. <laughs> he's pretty fucking great. Um, um, th- she did say she had something today. She was involved in some kind of Twitter argument. And she said this whole sentence. It just, I mean, it's been, what, five days since the election? And she said, is neoliberal centrism even a thing? Whatever it is, I'm not it. So depressing when Labour folk want to turn friends into enemies. She's not my friend. Have you fucking learned nothing? You spent your whole, the whole last two years being an enemy. Did she split? She she split to join the. Um, she was one of the ones that split. I've no idea. The SDLP. I, uh, she yeah, was. She, she was involved with the. Uh, yeah, SDP, she failed. SDP. Yeah. She's never yeah. been a friend. She's a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's been a columnist, a wealthy columnist, I imagine. Yeah. For. 30 years? She's been a she's been a punchline for so 30 years. Neoliberal centrist is a thing. It is a and thing. And if she ever read anything other mm. than her own fucking farts, she would know it's a thing. That's what pisses me off so much. What? I can forgive a wrong opinion mm. on almost anything. I can hate it, but I can forgive it if they fucking know what they're talking about. Oh, so so many of these people have not read Anything. Oh, it's like all the stuff with Northern Ever. Ireland, like talking about. Like being um, right, being right isn't yeah. about reading the right books, right? I want no. to make that clear. It's not about having read the right stuff, no. right? But if you are going to talk about something in that, if arena, you're going to make an argument, then at least research your argument. It's fucking crazy. Sorry, what it's, were you saying? Um, yeah, the, all the political pundits talking about Northern Ireland and talking about like. Um, Sinn Féin taking seats, which is never going to happen. And um, there was the Sun saying that it's... they've taken, they've gone into their Westminster offices for the first time ever. It's like no, they went into their offices in like in the early two thousands. Mm. They first they do have they do they, don't they do sit in Parliament. They do they are still MPs. They yeah. do still have stuff to do. They just won't say the oath. And they they, they and they won't sit in that room. Yeah, which I don't blame them. It's which a... and they did say they came out uh, and again like what. Gains like you could say, well, they should have supported Labour or or whatever. But they did say at the time they said we always get elected based on the fact that we're absentees. Hmm. That's like part of our platform. We know we literally know platform the British state. Well, if you want to, if you want to really ramp up the fucking troubles coming back, then have yeah. have the fucking DUP on the side of the Tories and the and Sinn Fein on the side of Labour and yeah. watch watch that fucking place burn. It's yeah. been fucking horrible. And it's funny to see that Sinn Féin, the ones who are decried the most, yeah. as being the calmer heads in the fucking room. <laughs> well, because Jerry Adams is actually quite adorable now. <laughs> I imagine he probably was always quite adorable. I don't know. All I ever see on Twitter is him pictures of him playing in playgrounds. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could have which a very given, dark turn. <laughs> well, which given what his brother... Did you, oh, hear, yeah, did you hear about yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. His brother was a, a nonce. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he did come to prominence in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> We need a yew tree of the left. Although the BBC wouldn't let him on, so... <laughs> so they let him on now? Because they did a... Didn't they do a programme of him? They like, talking about now. He was talking about, like, his religious faith and stuff and going around him... It's basically him touring pretty churches. He did the Andrew Marr, like, <laughs> the... Uh, the uh, Portillo. Yeah. Uh, What's uh, Andrew Marr's thing? Portillo uh, he, likes well, he trains, does, doesn't he? Or uh, Portillo has trains, has old train routes through Europe. It's good program except for the fact that it's presented by Portillo and he's yeah. a, he's an abrasive character but it's a really really good show <laughs> it's really good what's Andrew Marr's really um, Andrew Marr did his like uh, they all they always do that kind of like soft patriotic like these are the coasts of Britain and they you know they go to different areas and like eat in a different Chippy. I don't go to Bargain, do they? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I've no idea, but he did like his grand history of Britain or his tour of Britain, which I found wanting. Um, but yeah, was, who's the other one? Um, Paxo, mm. of course, does his. Uh, World War One bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it was the good one. Yeah. Got to defend those pipelines, though. <laughs> um, my favourite. Like it wasn't a pipeline, it was a train line. Yeah. My favourite pundit eating shit. Was actually not a pundit eating shit. It was a pundit eating his own book. Oh, that was fucking hilarious. Um, uh, Matthew Goodwin. Um, he was who in like said, an Indian paper as well. Eating his yeah. Book. <laughs> he said, "I do not believe that Labour under Jeremy Corbyn will poll thirty-eight percent. I will happily eat my new Brexit book if they do." <laughs> Matthew Goodwin ended up eating his book live on Sky News after being hassled on Twitter because he wasn't going to so do it. So good watching it. People just like. Like, even if they were talking about something else, they'd end it with, eat the book, Matthew. Eat, the eat book, your Matthew. book. Eat the book, Matthew. Eat your book. 
And I mean, talking like continuing on from our point about not having read the right books or whatever, not having read anything since 1974. Yeah. Matthew Goodwin is a professor of politics at the University of Kent and associate fellow at Chatham House. <laughs> Goaded into eating his book by a bunch of people with wrestling pictures <laughs> wrestling and Twitter pictures. avatars. And who so refer good. to the leader of the opposition as the absolute boy. <laughs> <laughs> and who do Stormzy mashups. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, this brave new world. I what? imagine Lenin didn't imagine a revolution quite like this. <laughs> with people just tweeting wrestling gifts and eat the book. Well, to be honest, by the time he got back to uh, uh, Petrograd in, uh, in the middle of the First World War, people were eating paper anyway, so it's just... <laughs> It's just go. Oh, it's just typical Corbynism. Go back to this old Marxist-Leninist tradition of making people eat books. <laughs> what can we? What can we make pundits eat next? After they've eat eaten, after they've make finished all eat, their books, make them eat their tablets with their tweets on them. <laughs> then we graduate to hot gravel. <laughs> but then it becomes, you know, less. Uh, then it becomes less kind of eat my shit kind of triumphalism and more kind of you know re-education. <laughs> Yeah, but there is there is a, there's a fair few who I think need a harsh lesson. Um, I think the harsh lesson will just come in them being deselected, like Jess Phillips. Yeah, yeah. She does need to be deselected. And what did dese- she say? She was like, I'm "Oh, already, I'm gonna. I think I might concentrate on my constituency business." Not gonna bother with that Westminster. Like, stuff. Get, f- get fucked. And when people had a go at her saying, "I I vote. I campaigned for you. I knocked on doors for you. Yeah. And I voted for you because of Corbyn, not because of you." And her response on Twitter was, "Yawn." Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's. Oh. It, I, I think the pieces of my Jess Phillips puzzle are coming together. Couldn't couldn't work her out for the longest time. Could not because you know they all come from like. Ah, uh, Keir Starmer was a human rights lawyer, and naturally he retired to go into politics. Yeah. Standard British middle class thing to do, right? Mm. So you know where he's coming from. Mm. Jess Phillips, admittedly, she was. Um, I think she was deputy head of a charity. I think um, a women's domestic abuse charity. Mm. Um, and then went into politics and just was just a shit yes. all the time. Just this this weird like like she, like as I've said before, like she was trying to craft a brand for herself. Yeah. She's yeah, she's getting ready to write her book. Like she's, she's I mean, book. she has written, written a book, book, but it's, book. it's just like I don't understand why you go into politics. You book. don't you don't seem to like it very much, no. and your only platform is funneling more money towards the charities you like I'm not saying that's necessarily like the worst thing in the world but you can do that somewhere else yeah there's worse labour without like, fucking um, over like something else something that yeah. might be good yeah well, it was like what's the other one um, Chris Leslie mm-hmm. who said that Ed Miliband lost the last election because of rent control in the manifesto strange that a buy to let mini would really hate <laughs> rent controls um, but he's a Piece of shit. Um, I think on Twitter they started referring to them as lonely labour. We <laughs> <laughs> pushed out of the cold now. Um, but yeah, there yeah, it's a, it's they've come too late to the party. Yeah. Of you be in government for a little bit, you, so you get a, a like a veneer of respectability. Yeah. And then you can go off selling dodgy housing estates and shit like that, like in um, our friends in the north. Yeah. Yeah. They came to the party too late. If they got elected in '97, they'd be like 60 now and well out of it, like Jack Straw, yeah, or David Blunkett or something, yeah. And but I don't get because they always get referred to as like the pragmatic ones. It's mm. like, oh, we need we need some moderation, some pragmatism. It's like these are the least pragmatic people no, I've ever met. No, have you so... seen the fucking Labour Party recently? Yeah, it's huge. It yeah. has a massive amount of momentum. Why wouldn't you get behind that? If you were pragmatic, why wouldn't you do that? I yeah. don't. I do not understand their thought processes. Well, I think it is because they caught a glimpse of of the other world that they that they cohabitate, yeah. and they've decided to just nope. I'm not going to deal with that. Hmm. And they'll keep on. They'll keep on doing. It. And when they get deselected, they'll start talking about Stalinist purges. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's and, the only thing. And when I start dropping people out of helicopters onto Rockall, then maybe <laughs> they'll have a point. <laughs> But until that moment, they could just shut up and just take their other job that they were already doing anyway and having the money on top of their other money. Yeah. It's like, um, there was, oh, Theresa May talking about how they're going to look after some of the Conservative MPs that lost their seats. Oh, fuck. Do you know how much an MP gets? They get, so like, five grand for every year of service. Yeah, when they, ret- when they leave the house. Yeah. Yeah. They can fuck off. Go on job fair. Yeah. <laughs> Go and get assessed. Yeah. 
They can go get a test Fucking for their ass. crippling disability of being an uncaring monster. <laughs> it's like, ah, but can you walk 10 metres? <laughs> I can, but I hate everyone in this room. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's... That's our feelings of yeah. what's happened so far. It's now, still very up in the air and very there's, confusing. There's still no formal... I mean, there's not going to be a formal arrangement. There might be what's called a confidence and supply Well, it has to be a confidence and supply legally. Um, well... Uh, that's where it even the well. There's a court case going on even, now. Yeah, but even the confidence and supply thing is 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 up in the air hmm. um, based on the Good Friday Agreement, which says that the British state has to remain neutral. Yeah, that's all. That's all thing. But even if there weren't that kind of Good Friday Northern Irish complication, there's still no formal deal in place. No. She hasn't given a Queen's speech well, yet because the DUP want everyone to wear wimples. <laughs> there, has, <laughs> there hasn't been a um, a deal yet. Um, because oh. the uh, there hasn't been a Queen's speech yet because uh, it's still being uh, inscribed on whatever it is. There's been a lot no. of there's but been the a lot is, of I fake think that's, news. I think that's bullshit about to tell that. him stuff. Yeah. Um, because they got rid of it, didn't they? Well, um, yeah, well they, they did. On but I, think, I, think they got rid of, I think they got rid of it for laws, but maybe the Queen's speech is more important. But mm. I think it's bullshit because I think they're just kicking it into the long grass because they're going to take it's going to take ages for them to hammer yeah. out a deal with the DUP. Um, also, interesting fact that they couldn't, they had to like not negotiate on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't work on the Sabbath. Yeah. DP do a lot of on the Sabbath. Like they used to chain up swings in parks. Seriously, to stop kids yeah. from playing on the Sabbath because that would be an affront to God. Um, Tory, but yeah, so they can't negotiate. Tory on, Taliban. Yeah. yeah. And um, obviously, it took them a while to get to mainland Britain mm. because they don't fly because that's an affront to God. Going against God's law, they do fly. I'm just for com- comedic effect saying that they have to row because they don't trust sails either because you know you can't harness God's wind like that. If God wanted you to get there, you'd fucking get there. Um, but oh, God, that's the other thing. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of them that are flat earthers. Oh, brilliant! So it'd be interesting to see if um, what's her name, Arlene, Arlene if she Foster. could see the curvature of the Earth and she flew over. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, it's a it's a huge fucking mess. Mm. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in my man Corbs. Next stop, Labour councils. New next election called this year. Yep. Election in October, on the hundred year anniversary. <laughs> the October Revolution. <laughs> and we elect a mild social democrat. Yeah. Just what Lenin was fighting for. That I deselect him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> deselect him and replace him with what momentum really wants which is an animatronic Stalin <laughs> and then all the things come down it's like hey <laughs> the red the rose is replaced part, with a red part, fist the communist party of Great Britain I thought you guys broke up <laughs> <laughs> that's what we wanted you to think yes suddenly on the table in the conference room instead of those little things for putting your pens in they rotate round with their pipe racks <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it'll be. Yeah, it's gonna be weird and I'd it's gonna be interesting. New. But the thing is, on the plus side, virtually there's horrible things that are happening now. Yeah, they're not gonna be able to do more horrible things. Yeah, they're gonna be constrained by the con- the contradictions of what they have to do now. These aren't parties. I mean, I mean Labour as well. These are not parties used to having not having their own way. No, because of our system, there's yeah. always been. It, even if they, when they've been in coalition, the Tories mostly had their way. They're not used to having hardliners no. dictate what they have to do. Not since probably '92, no. since Maastricht. And well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hmm. Well, should I try and make try, try, forget your troubles for a little bit? Oh, uh, I've, I've, I've got too many troubles, but try and make me. Yeah. Yeah, I was in pretty good mood this last week. You. <laughs> Make me forget my lesser troubles. All right, then. Okay, Make gonna... me forget the troubles. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you about... Um, he was a candidate in this election. Yep. Not Buckethead. Mm-hmm. Too much has been... Damn it, everyone else, ev- everyone else, the constraints of a weekly podcast do not make... <laughs> forget fucking John Oliver's got in there. Twitter's got in there. <laughs> fucking everybody's gone on it. But the one, that, the best one... Chief Druid King Arthur Pendragon. Ace. Who he With a stands, name like that. He stands a lot in Salisbury. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
Are you sure he just doesn't lie sleeping, waiting for the moment when <laughs> the kingdom is under threat? Well, Regis and bits from his Wikipedia. He's pretty great. <laughs> Pendragon was born John Timothy Rothwell to working class parents. His dad was a soldier, uh-huh. moved around a lot. As a teenager, he bought a motorbike and became a, a and became a member of a biker gang. Do you know who else's uh, father was a soldier? Who? King Arthur. Huh? Uh. I think that might come up. <laughs> he joined the British Army uh-huh. um, until he sustained an, in, sustained an injury in parachute training. Do you know who else joined the army? <laughs> Hitler. Hitler, yeah. <laughs> um, in the 70s, Pendragon rode a custom-built F- Triumph Thunderbird, attending events such as the Windsor Free Festival and the Stonehenge Festival. Do you know what King Arthur would have wrote, written <laughs> if he had been around in the 60s? A Triumph Thunderbird. A Triumph Thunderbird. That he built himself. <laughs> um, he became the head of a biker gang called the Gravediggers. Nice. Later renamed the Saddle Wait. Tramps. <laughs> <laughs> when they got a bit older and couldn't go quite as hard. Yeah, it's that thing of like the biker aesthetic. You know, we're both into battle. <coughs> there's always a, there's always quite an, an alluring thing about the biker aesthetic. Yeah. I do think that me and you would never have been in a, a gang called the Grave Diggers. We very much would have been a member of a gang called the Saddle Tramps. <laughs> Um, he was given the nickname King John because of the parties he held at the ruined castle at Oldham, also known as King John's Castle. Wow. Um, but then, And uh, because he lost the uh, province of Aquitaine. That's <laughs> very important. Yeah. yeah. Um, after reading a book on King Arthur, he discovered many similarities between himself and the legendary king. And came to believe no way. That, and came to believe that he was King Arthur reincarnated. Oh, brilliant. So I had, didn't realise that was part of it. Yeah. Oh. In 86, he officially changed his name to Arthur Ufa Pendragon by default. <laughs> he then bought a sword and called it Excalibur, much Wait, like King Arthur did. Hang on, hang on. I'd like to point out that he read a book about the fictional figure of King Arthur and noticed a lot of similarities. <laughs> much in the same way that I did between me and Paul Atreides. <laughs> I'm very much like Paul Atreides. My mum makes me put my hand in a box. <laughs> um, yeah, then he bought a sword and called it, called it Excalibur. And then in 91, he was named Pendragon and Swordbearer to the Glastonbury Order of Druids. Ace. He's quite the activist. Um, m- numerous legal battles of English heritage <laughs> <laughs> regarding Stonehenge. Um, mainly because they make you pay for parking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and once he had to pay to get in there, he was furious. Once he had to pay to go look at the look at the rocks that were moved there, that's an important thing. Yeah, one of the things he wanted was to get rid of the formal exclusion zone for the summer solstice <laughs> because you know parties and shit. Um, he did set up a protest camp on a byway near it, demanding free access for everyone, and that two nearby A roads should be closed or redirected. Um, he took it all the way to Strasbourg, and they said no. Um, he uh, <laughs> he didn't like pay, doesn't like paying his poll tax. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. a former hippie yeah. who went into a biker gang and then, and, then believed, and then believed he was the reincarnation. Do they believe that <laughs> the reincarnation? Some of them do. Of um, King Arthur has a problem. <laughs> with community charge. Um, he was summoned to magistrate's court in 94 after refusing to pay two years' worth of poll tax. His case was presided over by Lord Tenby, who allowed Pendragon to wear his robes and sword in court and allowed him to swear oath on his sword. At the end of the hearing, the case went against Pendragon. He was ordered to pay the money owed. <laughs> um, he's been in. He's been arrested a number of times. When he was in prison, because he wasn't allowed to wear his neo-druidic robes, okay. they put him in solitary naked. They've changed that, haven't they? Recently? Yeah, he yeah. apparently it was because of him, and now you're allowed to wear your neo, neo druid roads when you're on remand. <laughs> He's mainly been arrested and, for and trespass, o- and only when you're on remand, <laughs> which strangely enough doesn't present a problem. <laughs> but um, this self-proclaimed English eccentric and says that this helps him in his political work. Ah, uh, you see, I was all right up until he proclaimed himself an eccentric. Yeah, before that, true I thought he was exce- mentally Ill. true eccentrics never say that they're eccentric. He did get four hundred and fifteen votes. <laughs> Where did he stand? Salisbury, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, he's generally um, a green, eco, yeah, hippie. Yeah. Type. He's a friendly crank. I've got, like, not a lot of time for that, but I've got, like... I've got no problem There's a little it. bit of my heart that always, like, ah, oh, remember that. Remember when we had time to be eccentric? 
not how come all the good eccentrics are like you know Tom Harwood yeah now where they're so fucking like in they're they're insane but because of their lavish lifestyles yeah you know it's yeah. such a shame everyone likes like the same brand of gin and they've all got the same like you know organic farming and oh I found this like little restaurant oh, I don't there aren't that many weird religious cult leaders yeah not enough <laughs> religious politics. cults well DP yeah. <laughs> bring you back to that <laughs> but yeah he'll be weird yeah he's, he's he makes me smile that yeah. man makes me smile yeah a lot, unlike some of the other independent candidates. <laughs> but yeah, did that make you forget that what did. light troubles you had? It did. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, that throwback kind of feel. You know, when you're like, oh, and then you <laughs> really, then you look around you, and it's like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's only people that old that have the time to be this. <laughs> yeah, I, I always like. I always feel like we were I born. You voted Brexit. We were born. Or maybe he's trying to form links with other druidic cults in, um, in mainland France. Maybe we do that for next week. Research exactly where uh, neo-pagans lay on the on the political spectrum across yeah. Europe. Well, they were, I imagine in Poland, a lot of the neo quite a lot the of like right. the neo-druidic stuff yeah. is like formed by Victorian Welsh socialist mm. weirdos. Um, yeah. There's some great pictures of some of these like weird Victorians in their pajamas holding stars with the moon on and stuff like that <laughs> in these beautiful old black and white photos. Um, but usually they're pretty on the left. Like um, I think like, one of the founders of it was decried as being a mad eccentric because he was a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> He's like weird spiritual stuff aside. What is this? Not eating meat <laughs> shit. You're obviously insane. <laughs> Your skewed version of reality. Okay, <laughs> I can deal with that. Yeah. Not eating meat. <laughs> As a staunch Victorian Christian, I can handle your weird religious view of the world and this weird Mother Earth thing that you're worshipping, but what do you mean I can't eat a cow? <laughs> you, woman, below the knees, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's it for this week, I think. Mm. All done? Okay. Uh, as usual, subscribe to us on iTunes or follow us at WDTATW underscore podcast on Twitter. Well done. Um, you can follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing yeah. and you can follow me at BM Bergamo and that's it from us this week yes. cheers bye, bye. Make me frisky. So long, highball.